welcome back everyone to Art Moves. This is our 10th episode of the podcast. Very excited about that. As always, I'm Dr. Regina Newhan, and I'm here with Dwight Smith. Hey, Dwight. Hey, hey, hey. What's happening? How you doing? And today, our special guest is Caitlin B. Jones, who is an artist, a curator, and is currently working with the Mid-America Arts Alliance. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I had a question about the Mid-America Arts Alliance. So you want to tell us about your role there? Because I don't know if people know what is your specific role, but what also is the job of Mid-America Arts Alliance? Every now and then I get an email from somebody over there and like, hey, Dwight, check this out. They are clearly in the know. Um, <laughs> but help us out. Help the lay person out who doesn't know that much about art programming and art agencies, you know, because that's kind of like what that is. Tell us about about where you work at. Of course, yeah. So Mid-America Arts Alliance is a nonprofit regional arts organization, and we serve Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas. And we focus on strengthening communities and improving lives through extraordinary cultural experiences. Mm. Me particularly, um, as the administrative and curatorial assistant, um, I work with Exhibits USA, which is the traveling exhibition program of Mid-America Arts Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of have my hands in all the different things, which is really cool about my job. So I work with our registrar. I work with our exhibition tours manager. I work with our curator of education. I sometimes work with the prep team, right? Like I've, I really feel like I'm getting a holistic experience as a curatorialist working with Exhibits USA. Um, I've had my hand in, in narrowing down some exhibitions, right? Like fine tuning the pieces that get to travel. Um, I've been in the shop putting, you know, putting wire on frames at one point, um, coordinating logistics and emailing with different venues to figure out their shipping needs. There's not one sentence that really sums up my job. I have my hand in kind of a lot of things, but I, I love that. You're like this continuous thread yeah. that kind of weaves through everything and helps hold it together. That's pretty cool. Exactly. When I applied for the job, you know, I was told like I was going to be the connector. And I was yeah. like, yep. You're the glue. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you are from Texas. Well, how did you hear about Mid-America Arts Alliance? Yeah, um, a professor of mine in grad school actually reached out to me and she knew I was on a job hunt. I've been in Texas Uh my whole life, did both undergrad and grad school in Texas. And so I was ready for a change, ready to see what else was out there in the world, in the country. Um, And she reached out with this job opening for curatorial and admin assistants. And I looked at the the job opening and um, it was really, really interesting to me because I had never worked in, in traveling exhibitions, let alone for any kind of visual art um, organization or, or anything. Sure. Um, I had done some performance curating in grad school as an intern um, at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Center for the Arts at the University of Houston. But this was my very first step into the visual art world, particularly in traveling exhibitions. And it just offered a lot of opportunities for growth and for learning. And that's what I was really hungry to do. And so um, I applied and got it. And it's been a really great experience. I'm learning so much. I'm meeting so many great people. And um, to be honest, I did not know that Kansas City had this much art. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, being from Texas, Texans think that the entire world. Oh, sure. uh, (laughs) When my you know, my family was like, Missouri, what's in Missouri? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but I'm going and, you know, it's going to be cool. It's going to be great. Um, I think that's a common, that's a common theme. A yeah. lot of people who are new to this area are very surprised at the 
the art offerings, if you will, mm -hmm. that are available here. Well, now, how long have you been in Kansas City? Um, about 10 months. It'll all make a year okay. in July. That's enough time to kind of get an impression. What do you think about the city itself and the art scene uh, in particular? I am very pleasantly surprised, actually. I, like I said, I didn't know anything was out here. I knew Mid-America Arts Alive was out here, but um, the art community is so collaborative and I love that here. Mm. Um, I grew up in Houston. It's a huge art scene in Houston and it's oh, a beautiful yeah. art scene in Houston. But there's just something about um, the little town feel in a big city that Kansas City has. Um, uh -huh. And, you know, everybody knows everybody. And that means everybody's collaborating with everybody. And everybody is really supportive in a way um, yeah. in, this, in the art scene here that I really, really enjoy and really love. Um, even just being on this podcast today, right? Like, I've only been here 10 yeah. months. And I'm already meeting really cool people who are doing really cool things. And her, mm -hmm. are very open to just having great conversations absolutely yeah well that's great well i'm glad you've had that good impression of kansas city because i think it really does have so much to offer and mm -hmm. again uh that gets missed sometimes yeah. um particularly in larger cities who as you say have very lovely art scenes and see no need to look further than mm -hmm. their own confines and yeah. so it's it's really nice to go beyond that and and realize how much more is out there mm -hmm. Have you had a chance to, I know you've been going around to various openings and galleries and things like that. Have you had a chance to, there are some great artists there on and other art institutions. What are your impressions? Yeah, I've done the big names. I've done the Nelson Bennett Kemper, done the Nerman. I most enjoy the small artist-run spaces, ah. to be honest. Um, yeah. Plug Gallery has been a really cool place to go and see some really awesome work. Even though, you know, Charlotte Street is not necessarily, like, small artists, but I really like the shows that they put on. Yeah. Um, Artist Coalition. Yeah, all these different artist-run spaces. Sherry Leedy is yep. 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 And Leedy Vocus. Yeah. I think you've been over to Wholesome. Have you been to Wholesome? Oh, Street? yeah. Wholesome. H-O-L-S-U-M. No, I don't see that I'm yet. taking you. I'm taking okay, you. Okay, that's the next We're going. Trip. We're going. Yeah. Awesome. I'm always down i'm always down but yeah my favorite spaces so far in kansas city have been the small artist run spaces yeah just, yeah that's great just great pockets and i'd love to hear how you got into art you know you started as an artist and then you went into curation and you do both now but what was your first experience with visual art and what kind of drew you to it yeah so i started off actually in performing arts i was a dance major at the university of texas at austin mm -hmm. And when the pandemic hit, about 10 months after I graduated from undergrad, I did a pivot, much like everybody else, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and I started exploring first with the video work. I was really experimenting and interested in this ephemerality of performance and dance and how that translated into this sort of permanence that is film. And so I started playing around with a camera that I had purchased and then started getting more into installation work. I ended up having a show actually at the Blackford Art Museum in Houston, Texas, um, which was really cool. It was my very first visual art installation. And there was projection, there were interactive bits and pieces where people could write on the walls. And that had to be satisfying. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very satisfying, but also very scary. I went through a lot of mental gymnastics about like how this pivot kind of changed my artistic identity. Interesting. Um, I'd been a dancer for so long that I was 
scared to step into this world of visual art, not having any formal visual art training. And what I really love about visual art um, and really art in general is that, you know, when you say it's art, it's art and you can just experiment and put things together as long as the intention, you know, is what you want it to be. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to stay in one lane. You can really branch out and combine things as you've done. Absolutely. And so when I decided to pivot, I also decided to go to grad school. And so I went to the University of Houston for a master's degree in arts leadership, which is arts administration. And I focused particularly on museum and gallery management and curation. And my thesis was actually looking at ways that performance and visual art have existed historically in museum spaces. And so I did a lot of research about how to combine those two mediums, because that's what I am interested in. And that's what kind of where my background kind of feeds into this new exploration that I was doing. And so as a curator, I'm very much still interested in combining those two mediums and figuring out how visual and performing arts can work in the same spaces. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting because a, a lot of people do have a more strict idea of each one of those. And they go someplace to experience visual art, and then they go someplace else to experience performing art. And to be able to combine those two in your creative expression, I think is pretty wonderful. So congrats. Thank you. You know, we've we've talked to a curator before in one of our podcasts, but for the listening public, could you explain what it is that a curator does? Mm. Yeah. And what you love about it? Sure. I fell in love with curation and was really interested in curation because curation to me is the connecting of people, places, and ideas. And I think that is kind of the best summary I can give of of a curator. When I was first looking into a career as a curator, um, there was all this discourse about, you know, everybody's calling themselves a curator and you can be a curator of like an Instagram feed and a curator of a cookbook. And, you know, there's all all these different um, kind of commodifications of the term. Um, And some people, I think, who who had been in the curatorial field for a long time, particularly in visual art, don't like that (laughs) um, because they think it takes away from, I guess, the field that kind of honed the term in the first Mm -hmm. place. But I love the broadening of the term. I think it allows for a lot more experimentation, a lot more collaboration. Interesting, yeah. That's really what I want and, and do do in my curatorial practice. Um, I, I don't want to define it so specifically. Yeah, no. It, it just there's no reason for art, you know, of any kind, to be so boxed in. Yeah, I guess art by definition is a free form entity. And so why wouldn't the curation? Curation is an art form. And personally, I hold my curatorial career and my artistic career kind of at the same level, mm. really, because I think they really inform one another in a way that is beneficial to both. And one can't happen without the other, right? Whatever I'm exploring in my artistic world, I'm also exploring my curatorial world. And I really like to mesh those networks and ideas as much as I can. That's great. Now, Caitlin, how did you and Dwight meet? Yeah, so let's see. Dwight and I first met at the Clockwork Exhibition at Charlotte Street Foundation a couple months ago. And then we met again um, when his collection was shown at the Plug Gallery. I, I walked up and I said, hey, Dwight, remember me? We met. And he, you know, Dwight, just <laughs> great person. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see you again. And we got to talking. And mm-hmm. Dwight knows everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he just made me feel so warm and welcome. And 
again, that's one of the things I love about Kansas City is that everybody in the art scene is just so ready to to know who you are and kind of help you get to where you want to be. And so Dwight um, was like, yeah, well, let's bring you into the fold. You know, next time I have people over my house, let me know, you know, I'll hit you up. And he did exactly what he said he would do. You know, he brought together um, a group of artists and curators just a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, come on out and just, you know, be in the room. And that's really all I can ask is to just be in places and spaces where people are doing some really cool stuff. Well, I, I was happy that I could just get you hanging out with the squad, you know? Yeah. I was really excited. And me and Caesar. so Caesar was on here a few episodes Cesar back. Cesar yeah. Lopez. He was on the Young Bauhaus. And we had been talking about you. We were like, hey, we got this, this new curator in town. We got to meet her. So when we saw you at the Charlotte Street event, that was like perfect because I was like, hey, she's here. She's here. We were all excited. We were just excited yeah. to see you as you probably were like, I wonder what they're thinking of us. Yeah, we were thinking the same <laughs> thing. We were like, let's get her energized and let's get her locked into what we're doing because um, one, you know, more creative talent, the more creative um, energy we have in the space, the better. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, mm -hmm. being here as a new curator, I, I, you know, I want to get the scoop. Do you have any ideas? Have you been seeing things in your curatorial lens that you said, OK, now I'm ready to do something? Because, you know, I want to I want to be the guy to sponsor that. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I'm stepping oh, up real God. quick. <laughs> Yeah, no, I recently have, you know, to be honest, have been seeing a lot of artists work with hair products, particularly black hair products. Yeah. And I am really interested in seeing, well, let me just back up and say that there's something about black hair care products as a relic of black culture that really interests me. Oh, yeah. And there are a lot of black artists that are using, you know, braiding hair edge control, mm -hmm. hair beads to make visual artwork and um, that speaks to the experience, speaks to the black experience. Um, and I'm really interested in, in figuring out where those artists are locally, mm -hmm. if they are here in Kansas City, but also just like nationally, internationally, right? There's so much cool work out there. Um, and I, my wheels are turning as to how to bring this concept together. But I don't have it fleshed out yet, oh, but that's just I, I got you. I got you. You know, a couple of folks that I will definitely point you in the direction of just off the top of my head, Shaniqua. Oh, yeah. Shaniqua is awesome. Awesome. She's um in Chicago now, but, you know, Shaniqua is often in the um Kansas City art scene. She was here, uh, I think, most recently. I probably saw her. She had a show over at the nice little space on Main Street. And Shaniqua had a fantastic show there. And I, was, and I ran in real quick, and she was in there. We chatted. And she had done a, a series of pieces with hair mm -hmm. extension pieces. And she was weaving them together and mm -hmm. doing, you know, kind of like an extension of what mm -hmm. she does, but taking it in a new direction. Yeah, so creative. So she does that. And then there's another artist that recently graduated a few years back from uh, Kansas City Art Institute ceramicist. And then she was over at Belger for a little while. And her name is Jada Patterson. And Jada, Jada is awesome. And she's a ceramicist, but she weaves hair extensions, things of that nature into the work as well. So next time you come to the house, I'll show you a couple of Jada pieces and you'll be like, that's, Please, I got yes. you on the hair. The hair, the yes. hair vibe oh is, yeah. is, is, I think is really important. And I love that, you know, you being a black woman curator addressing that because those are topics 
that are specific and detailed to the black aesthetic, you know, and mm-hmm. and if you want to enrich and educate folks, you know, you got to have an authentic voice. You got to have an authentic voice. Mm-hmm. So I was that's that's like, and that's part of the reason why I was so happy when I said, like, hey, "Black woman curator in town, let's go, let's yeah. roll," you yeah. know. So <laughs> so I'm here with you. Come on through. We'll look at the collection. I'll show you what little things that I have in the hair department. But I love. I'm I'm so excited for those kinds of ideas coming to Kansas City because honestly I think that improves collectors you know I think it it improves yeah. institutions you bringing that kind of knowledge that kind of foresight through so whatever it is with the hair bring it bring it I, I can't wait awesome well yeah well I will definitely hit you up I'm I'm excited that excites me so quick question for you favorite artist in the city that you've met since you've been here I haven't met him yet, but Isaiah Lee. Okay. Love his work. I know his work is hanging at the um, AI Hub over in River Market. If you haven't been over there, it's actually a Black-owned AI mm-hmm. space um, as an art institute. So if you need any graphic design work or you need a space to do graphic design work, hit them up for sure. Um, let's see. Isaiah Lee in the house. Isaiah Lee. Pop- yeah. he, he's been popping up and around. I see him out in space a lot. Kevin Demery, I met him at mm. the Charlotte Street Open Studios. Um, his wind chimes are incredible. Oh, incredible. fabulous. Just loved that. It's so crazy because like I follow these people on Instagram but haven't like met them met them yet. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But they've inspired you. They've inspired me. Um, there's also a black curator that I haven't met yet, but I see her name everywhere. She works with, I think, Kansas City. The Artist Coalition? Yes. And last name, I think she's the same last name as me, Jones, Ash, Ashley? Cicely? Jones? Cicely Jones. Thank you, Cicely Jones. So shout out, Cicely, if you're listening to this. I'd love to meet you. Yeah, she's a doll. I do want to shout out a black queer curator doing some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Not Early in the art scene, but in the humanities and historical scene, um, Nasir Montalvo, they just curated an exhibition called Black Career KC, and they worked with the Kansas City Defender, and they worked with Blackout, which is a nonprofit organization that focuses on education um, and prevention of HIV in, in the Black queer community, particularly in, in Black men who love men. And it was so incredible. Um, Blackout has this new space on, like, 36th in Maine, I want to say. I'm probably getting that incorrect, but they have a new space close to downtown, and that's where the exhibition was held. And it was a beautiful, um, it included photography and newspaper articles and this really great overview of some of the of the great black queer Kansas City history. And so mm-hmm. I want to shout out to Dennis here and give them give them their flowers because it was really beautiful and and I'm really excited to work with Nasir in the future and kind of figure out how we can combine this like historical information with dope artists in the Kansas City scene. So there you are again with the connections. I love that. You know, I have a little question for you. Do some of the themes in your own personal art that you create intersect with your curating style? Do you think there's crossover there? I would imagine there'd be inherently some, but I'm curious your thoughts about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I work a lot 
um, in the themes of lineage, ancestry, intergenerational storytelling, mm -hmm. and particularly Black intergenerational storytelling, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot about my own lineage. Um, my family is very much a matriarch, and so I look to uh -huh. the women in my family, um, particularly my great grandmother who's still alive, she's 102. Oh, I love that. I look to her and to all the other women in, in my family for inspiration. And in my curatorial style, I feel like I'm still honing it. I feel like I'm still figuring out, you know, how I want to bring these performance elements and visual art elements into the same space. Because um, it's hard. They require two different things, right? The visual art aspect, you put it on the wall or you install it or you put it, put it under a vitrine and it sits there and it's fine. And there's not much that goes into it other than the like physical install of it. But with performing arts, um, it's harder, right? They need, they're, they're human bodies that you're working with. They need rehearsals. They may require some light, some different lighting. They may require um, a certain floor. You know, as a dancer, I understand that like a lot of our galleries have concrete floors and that is really hard to dance on. I can imagine. It's really hard to perform on. Um, and not to say that, you know, dance is not the only performance that I want to put in a, a visual art space, but that's just one example of how meshing the two can be tricky at times, but I'm really interested in exploring that. Um, I'm particularly interested in giving more space to Black artists mm -hmm. um, and Black queer artists. Mm -hmm. um, I have noticed in Kansas City, you know, I don't know a lot of Black curators and especially Black queer curators mm -hmm. um, in Kansas City. And if there's anyone listening and you're a Black queer curator, hit me up, please. Um, What's your Instagram? <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's um, at K-A-I-T-E-A-B. Okay, love it. Well, you know, I'm curious about, because it says a fair amount about you. I was looking at your website and looking at your artist statement, mm -hmm. and you said, I believe art is a conduit for healing mm -hmm. and a seedbed for activism. Could you explain a little bit about that and tell us, let us look into your mind a little bit and tell us what you're thinking when you say those statements that, that informs your art. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is by Toni K. Bambara, and she says that the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. That's a great statement. Um, and that is kind of my inspiration for my own artist statement. Revolution and activism, um, it, it, it comes in small ways. And daily steps and daily actions and i think artists are in a, a unique position the art that we make may not physically change laws or change people but they inspire people to change laws and change people and change things um, and that's what i mean by seedbed for activism um, yeah. and a conduit for healing for me particularly um, i fell into art leaned into art really, um, especially after the murder of George Floyd. And even though it wasn't the first time I've had to lean into art, I found that art was particularly the way that I could process all of those emotions, rage, mm -hmm. sadness, um, hopelessness. I channeled all of that into the work. And I love that I think a lot of the times, artists in particular, we think of art making and creative process is this thing that produces something. But me personally, it, it's it's almost like journaling, right? Like you create and you make art for art's sake. And that is what I mean by um, a conduit for healing. Yeah, it's like a passage. 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm not just, I'm not creating to put it on a wall necessarily, but I'm creating to release something and to say something and to even just talk to myself. Yeah. You're getting from one point in your life, one emotional state to another. And that is the vehicle that helps you get there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty wonderful. As I was looking at your website uh, and learning more about you, you're just such an interesting person. And clearly race is a critical component in your artwork and perhaps in your curation as well, as we've talked about. Um, I want to mention one of the exhibitions I saw that you did in 2021 in Texas. And the exhibition was entitled, This Is Not For You. Mm. And what I saw is... Uh, a picture of this long hallway with a museum sign in front that said, black people only pass this point. Mm -hmm. And I loved that because it really made me think as as a Caucasian woman, uh, I honestly, my first thoughts were, wow, wait, but is that for real? Uh, You know, I, if I were there, I would want to go in, but can I, and what would happen if I did? Um, You know, what would I be met with? Or would I feel shame for going in when I've been asked not to? You know, so I I just loved how you were able to produce these instant emotions in me, one person, by just this simple introductory sign. I love that. I love that because, you you know, I have been waiting for the black curatorial voice. You know, know, I'm a collector, so it's, it's a little different. I enjoy, you know, acquiring the works. But to get the context that you provide, you know, that, that's, that's that language. That's that missing element that I really am so glad that you're here. You know, I'm glad we stole you from Texas, Mid-America Arts Alliance. <laughs> Good looking out, people. <laughs> and that's the kind of, you know, narrative and voice that we need. We need yeah. things that, that shake people to the core and get them to realize self-awareness and then understanding and that empathy, that, you know, when you get in people's fields, you know, pre, you haven't even, you hadn't even visualized the work. So you're like, hey, can I go in here? I mean, that's part of yeah, the work, you know, that exactly. whole encounter. Tell us about that exhibition. Yeah. So like you said, well, this is not for you. And it was mm-hmm. standalone stanchion sign that said black people only pass this point. And it was intentionally made to look like the museum had put it there, um, mm-hmm. particularly because it makes the museum take agency in a way that they didn't necessarily mean to. Um, and so, you know, some of the images on my website show non-Black people beyond the sign. And it was really a social experiment that I kind of wanted to run. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was interested to see what people did when they approached this sign. It was, of course, a throwback to Jim Crow laws, um, a time when there were signs that read the opposite, right? Like, Black people not allowed, right? No Negroes past this point. And so I wanted to see what would happen if in 2021, I created this space that was specifically for Black people. Um, And there wasn't anybody standing in in front of the door to block people from going past the sign. I just wanted to see what would happen if people read it and whether or not they would respect it. And um, it was very, very interesting. There were a lot of non-black people who surpassed the sign. And afterwards there was a facilitated discussion and it was asked to one of the Caucasian people who 
walked past the sign, you know, why did you do it if you read that there was only black people past that point? And they said, well, I went because I saw so-and-so go and they were white and I was white. So I thought, you know, oh, then I could just go because they went. And somebody else who was white said, well, I didn't think it, it was a real sign. I thought that it was just decoration or it was just a sculpture. Mm -hmm. And then black people started standing up and saying, well, you know that when you walk into that space, I suddenly felt like it was not safe anymore. Interesting. It it started to spiral into this conversation about um, internalized and actualized white supremacy, colonialism. What does it mean to invade this space that is specifically not for you? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, conversations about what is exclusionary, what is inclusionary? Like, what does it mean um, as a white person to have the privilege to be able to say, oh, that, that that's not meant for me. That sign is not, does not apply to me mm-hmm. and to surpass it anyway. And so it really got people to think. And it, and it was yeah. interesting because, you know, um, among one of those people was the lead curator of the museum um, who entered the space. And that is- Who is Caucasian. Who is Caucasian. And the installation was not meant to point out like, oh, you are bad for doing this, but to point out like, you didn't even think twice, you know, what does that mean to not have to think twice about whether or not a space is meant for you? It's like you created this little microcosm, this -hmm. little miniature world of the experience of so many people on a greater scale. That's pretty impressive. Thank you. Bringing art and just education to the forefront that that is. And it goes back to, to what I was saying earlier about how I really like to combine this the performance with visual art and I think interactive installation is a great tool mm-hmm. for that. You know, like I think a lot about, okay, with my work, how do I move bodies in this space? And that sign was, was my way of trying to move bodies in space the way that I envisioned for it. Yeah. I, I thought it was ingenious. Well, you know, just based on that conversation, you know, I am really excited and I, and I want to know, Please, one, bring some of that action here. But two, if you have been developing some ideas, and, and I'm really curious, you know, Houston, Texas, Texas, you know, I'm, I'm from the coast. So there's a different vibe here anyway. And then I'm curious, you know, as a fellow black person to see what you, the idiosyncrasies culturally that you find here and that you bring from Houston. You know, I'm not from Houston. I'm from California. So it, I, I learn. You know, I'm, I'm still learning about Kansas City black folks right now, you know, so it's really kind of nice when there's another like Auslander, you know, somebody from outside of town that comes in and is flipping their ideas. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm extending all kind of invitations to you. Um, one, I would love for you to come through, check out the collection. Two, if you want to do something, we are always at your avail. You know, just let me know. Dwight, I need to come take a look at what you got. Boom. Because I would love to see you create some of that interaction here. You know, that kind of action that you had at, at that exhibition. Oh, yes, please. Bring bring all of the game. <laughs> bring it all. Will do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, what are your future plans? And what are you thinking about uh, coming up in the next year or two? Or haven't thought that far ahead? I haven't thought that far ahead. I feel like I am buzzing with so many ideas. And I am currently working on building my curatorial portfolio. I'm really looking forward yeah. to bringing more Black artists and Black queer artists into the forefront of artistic spaces here in Kansas City and 
I'm not gonna spill the tea yet, but I do have some things <laughs> cooking, and I'm. I'm oh, tease! Give us something. Give us something for the for the crowd. Um, <laughs> are you Are you bringing Houston up here? Um, I'm working on it. I am working on bringing a, a Houston artist up here. Awesome. Um, so again, stay tuned for for that as well. I feel like I have so many like things in the works, um, but you know, I don't want to say anything that's not solid just that's okay that's all right we respect that amazing <laughs> we'll look forward to it though that's exciting caitlin jones in the house <laughs> well caitlin b jones you have just been a delight uh to talk to today it's been such an enlightening experience learning more about you and hearing what you have to say and how you inform not only your personal art but your curatorial style very fascinating and we're so looking forward to what comes in the future for you we're going to follow you thank you please do so thanks for being here thanks thanks for having me absolutely absolutely and 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 welcome to the family welcome to kansas city thank you welcome to the squad yeah thanks for joining us on art moves yes thanks for having me enjoy absolutely take care Thanks again for listening to Art Moves, the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform or the website. You can find links for this and the video show at linktree slash artmoves. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash A-R-T-M-O-V-E-S. And thanks. Thanks.